some think we're funny Most people don't know We're too old for this podcast Hello everyone, this is my very good buddy, Abby Barrett And this is my very good buddy, Brendan Boogie And this is We're Too Old for This Podcast Here's the concept Two best buddies, that's Abby and myself, watch buddy movies, and then we compare the movie friendship to our own. This week, we are covering 1988's Midnight Run, starring Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Now, before we get started on the movie, like, I should warn you, does my my face look more swollen to you than usual? If that's possible, yes. (laughs) Like, do I have a usual level of... Fat face, but now it's particularly fat. I have my wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, yesterday. So I'm wondering if it's affecting my speaking voice at all, or can you can you tell if if you, if you didn't know, could you tell I have my wisdom teeth? Well, out? now I can tell only because I can. I'm watching your mouth like really work the words. <laughs> it's really working. It's really. Do you wanna Do you wanna see the wisdom teeth? Um. Yeah. Kind of. You saved yeah. them. That's not weird. It was my my partner Dahlia wanted to save them but here i will show you it's did it's they clean them gross. off no it's it's pretty gross ready oh those are huge it right? kind of looks like looks a like, giant squid it looks like a lobster claw doesn't yeah, it does. it? it's your favorite food so exactly exactly so that was in my face yeah like 24 hours ago i got mine out probably like 10 years ago and i felt like fine afterward and they had you know given me you know the, the stuff, good drugs, the good drugs, and I, I totally thought I was fine. And I'm like writing a check afterward, and my friend was with me to drive me home. And I'm like, I got it, I got it. And I had to write out five different checks because I kept fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, but I don't know what's happening. I'm totally I don't fine. Know what's wrong? Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. These things were in my head for like thirty something years, mm-hmm. and now they're no wonder they're so like gross. Yeah, they're pretty gross. I don't, I don't take good care of myself. The human body is disgusting. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's repulsive. I can't wait till we get our robot bodies. Yes, me too. So before we get into the movie and into our robot bodies, <laughs> why don't we introduce each other? Sure. You go first. Okay. This is Abby Barrett. She is a singer, a songwriter, a midnight runner, coincidentally Ooh, enough. Yes. Does a lot of running at midnight. A mid-morning swimmer. Sure. An afternoon bicycler. Okay, now we're just... And an early evening pooper. No, that's inaccurate. You're a morning pooper? Oh, hell yeah. Classic morning pooper. Classic morning pooper tendencies. Oh, Barrett and her morning poops. (laughs) It's the best way to start the day. (laughs) This is my buddy, Brendan Boogie, who is a filmmaker an animator, a writer, a director, a um, boom operator. It's true. A, I've operated a boom now and then. A, I'm a morning. I'm a morning boom operator. You're definitely not. No nighttime boom for you. Um, no, I wake up first thing in the morning. Boom. And a um, plant enthusiast. <laughs> I love how you work so hard for that, and that's what you came up with. That is, I think that's my favorite Abby thing when you work really hard for something and it comes up so short. Yeah, it, it, it just my it makes whole me body so happy. clenched. In that I know it makes me so happy when that happens. <laughs> so speaking of coming up short, why don't you jump into the movie with one of your famous Abby Barrett recaps? 
I will. You know, it took me a while to dig up these clips, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I will take us through the movie. It was all, it was way back in 1988, so you had to get in your time machine. I did. It was, yeah, it was a lot. Get your VCR out, tape it, then bring mm-hmm. it back. Well, you know, and then the warning, the FBI warning. Right, exactly. Yeah. And you, you just flouted that warning, I didn't sure you? I sure did. I'm a rebel. You're, you're, you're a warning flouter, if I've ever seen one. Um, so the movie um, is with Jack Walsh, who's played by the very handsome Robert De Niro. I forgot how handsome right. he is. Yeah, um, back then he was very handsome and charismatic. Yes. And he is a bounty hunter, also an ex-cop. And he is sent by the bail bondsman, Eddie, who's played by Joe Pantaliano. Joey Pants! Joey Pants. To capture uh, John Mardukas, who is known as the Duke, who is played by Charles Grodin. The um, Duke. The Duke. And he's an accountant who's uh, stolen money from the mob. So Jack quickly tracks down the Duke and brings him on a plane to Los Angeles. But the Duke says he's afraid of flying. Just calm down. Just <laughs> relax and calm down. What are you getting so excited about? It's not... It's... No, I can't. I can't. No. No, no, I can't. Just relax. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don't pull that shit on me. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. No. Get over. I can't. These things go down. All right. These things go down. They go. It's too big. It's too big. It can't go up. <laughs> These things go down. I love how nice the airplane is and just right. like they didn't tackle him on the spot. Like it's just right, exactly. such a different era of flight. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I know this is a bold statement. I think, you know, we, we've been doing this, you know, we're in the middle of our second season here, or, and and we've been covering a lot of buddy movies. I think this might be the best buddy movie ever made. Okay, that's a bold statement right out of the first clip. It is a bold statement, but I mean, I'm basically, I, I watched the rest of the movie, too. I'm not, this isn't the first time I'm seeing these clips. Yeah, but you got to like ease into, I mean, showmanship. You got to ease into those. Kind no, of you start big. You 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 open with a big number. Okay, but so now where big... are we going to go from here? <laughs> we got nothing. I think the acting is great. I think the story is great. I think the action is great. Everyone in it is really funny and good. Agree. I think the re- the relationship is great. I I I think it's just to me it's the quintessential buddy movie. But hey, I'm just one man. Just one man's opinion. Yeah. That's all. Well, let's remember they don't start off as buddies either. That's true. So. Right, as, as in most buddy movies. That's true, actually. Yeah. So what happens next, Abby? Well, I'll tell I, you, Brendan. I didn't think you were going to shut me down so quick. But what, what, what happens next? <laughs> so when Jack doesn't arrive with the Duke in Los Angeles, Eddie, who, the the bounty, he's not the bounty. What's he? What's he called? Like he's the, a bail bondsman. Bail bondsman. That's the one I can't ever say. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. This is yeah. not the first time you've had trouble I know. With, with bail bondsman. It's really it's, not just the word, but also in your life. This is yeah. true. Um, so Eddie sends out another bounty hunter, Marvin, who's played by John Ashton. And very funny in yes, it. Very really funny. funny in it. And uh, the FBI also wants to arrest the Duke, but don't know that he's on a train with Jack eating chicken wings. Why would you eat that? Why? Yeah, it tastes good. But it's not good for you. Well, where are you? Well, why would you do something that you know that's not good for you? Because I don't think about it. Well, that's living in denial. Living in denial? Yeah. I'm aware of that. So you're aware of all your behavior, yet you continue to do things that aren't good for you. That sounds sort of foolish, don't you think so, Jack? No. Stealing $15 million from Jimmy Serrano sounds foolish. I don't think I get caught. Now, that's living in denial. I'm aware of that. Oh, so you're aware of your behavior, 
and yet you continue to do things that aren't good for you. Sounds kind of foolish to me, don't you think, John? It was foolish. Hmm. Don't don't you hate it when somebody when you're trying to eat something and someone sits there and goes, "That's not healthy." Isn't that the worst? It is the worst. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I like to be. I, I don't like to be judged while I'm eating meat. I mean, yeah, and it's just like. This other person's enjoying it. I mean, I guess if it was like veal or something, I might try to make them feel bad about it. You would. You'd be like, ah, that that baby, that baby, what is veal is like baby what? Baby cows that they like. Oh, it's a baby cow. Well, we don't need to go there, but (laughs) (laughs) this is supposed to be a comedy podcast. Right, exactly. You know who doesn't, you know who doesn't judge your Brazilian barbecue? They'll just they'll just keep bringing the meat. I've been to a Brazilian barbecue place. They just keep bringing the meat no matter what. They just bring it on that skewer. They cut it right out in front of you. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how full of cholesterol you look. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're the only ones that don't judge. Have you ever been to like a McDonald's? I've been cut off at a McDonald's. Oh, yes, <laughs> I feel like that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sign a DNR, and then they they let me keep feeding. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so Marvin tracks them down on the train and tries to capture the Duke. Um, And Jack and the Duke jump off the train and end up hitching a ride to town. Marvin cancels Jack's credit cards, so they have no money at all. And it's up to the Duke to pull a scam on a local bar owner. This is where he really shines. Lonzo Mosley, FBI. My partner and I have been tracking a ring of counterfeiters passing phony $20 bills across the state. Have you received any $20 bills in the last couple of hours? Yeah, sure. We get them all the time. You get them all the time. Would you mind taking two steps backwards? Would you mind opening the register? No, don't touch them. Excuse me. Contract two, Hank. Check them out. Give him a pencil, please. Do the litmus configuration. You're doing the litmus configuration? Litmus configuration. Yes. You seen any suspicious looking characters around here? No. Do you live around here? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Charles Grodin at his most Charles Grodin-ish. Yes, he's very good in that. Uh, I love I love Charles Grodin so much. It's just, this is one of my favorite performances. Do you have favorite uh, Charles Grodin performances? I'm like blanking on what other movies he was in. Um, uh, he was uh, the, the Heartbreak Kid. Okay, but uh, he was in the Lonely Guy, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, Steve Martin with him and Steve Martin as as lonely guys, and he okay. plays the best friend. He's amazing in that. He plays uh, Martin Short's father in Clifford. Have you ever seen Clifford? I have not seen The Big Red Dog. No, no. Oh. Clifford is Martin Short as a child, but it's really Martin Short. Oh, God. It's one of those movies that is just so insane that you just you just have to have to have to like it. And he's also um, there's a, a movie called While We're Young. These are kind of my favorite performances. While We're Young uh, with Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts. And he plays like Ben Stiller's father. And he's just really he's just really great. Yeah. Charles Grodin was really great. R.I.P. Charles Grodin. Yep. Great actor. All that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Very funny. Very funny Grode. Yeah. That's all okay. I'm saying. So Jack and the Duke make their way across the country, and they stop in on Jack's estranged family, his ex-wife, and um, and his daughter, who has grown up. 
And at the same time, well, not the same time, but afterwards, they end up shooting down a mafia helicopter that's chasing them and almost dying in the river rapids. And the Duke even tries to steal a plane, making Jack very angry, and he's not even afraid of flying. Turns out he's not afraid of flying. He was just making it up. That's how good of an actor Charles Grodin is. We all believed it. We all fell for it. (laughs) I fell for it when he said, these things go down. (laughs) So after barely escaping from the FBI and the mob and Marvin, Jack and the Duke jump on a train where they have a moment of bonding around a fire. Jack? What? Which further do you think we have to go? None of your fucking business. No, because, you know, eventually I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Shut the fuck up. Did you ever have sex with an animal, Jack? Remember those chickens around the Indian reservation? There's some good-looking chickens there, Jack. You know, between us. Yeah, a couple there might have taken a shot at. (laughs) You're okay, Jack. I think, under different circumstances, you and I probably still would have hated each other. <laughs> and we probably could have been friends. And the next life. Yeah, the next life. I love that, like, Robert De Niro's character is, you know, like, he is, like, this sort of ex-cop and bounty hunter, but he's also, like, pretty nerdy. Yeah. Like he's very right. like simple and not like simple stupid, but like I don't know, there's just the the delivery of things is just Yeah, right. I don't know. And and that scene, I think the chicken thing was improv. I think yeah. like uh uh Charles Grodin was just trying to make De Niro laugh and he rolled with it and it's it's such a great moment in the movie. And I think, you know, again, we watch a lot of these movies and the bonding I think the thing that stands out with this one is the bond. It the relationship feels authentic the entire time. You you totally believe at that moment that they would sort of have this this affection for each other after all they've been through. Yeah. So great stuff, De Niro and <laughs> Grodin. They can't hear you. What? Why they not? don't. They don't listen to this. What if I yell louder? Um, you could try it. No, I don't think I'm going okay. to. So no, you, you, I feel like you're being very discouraging this episode. I was just encouraging you to shout. No, but not with your tone. Your tone was discouraging. It was, was a it? classic say one thing and mean the other with your fucking tone. That's what that was. Well, I, I don't like your tone right now. <laughs> Very What's rude. with my tone? I showed you my tooth. <laughs> Damn it. What is, is, that, a, is that how like primates share affection in the wild <laughs> that or something? Is, that, is a, that was inside my body. Oh, you want to see things inside my body? Let's God do this. Damn. God damn, you really called my bluff on that yeah, one, didn't sure you? Yeah, sure did. So Marvin ends up capturing the Duke, but he's so incompetent that the mob gets him anyway, which is scary because the mob wants to kill the Duke. Um, mm-hmm. So Jack sets up this whole sting with the FBI, basically to trade the Duke with the mob boss, who's played by Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina, another really funny performance. Yep. And uh, Jack brings the Duke to Los Angeles and calls Eddie from the airport. Well, where the hell are you? Where am I? I'm at the airport. And guess who I'm with? I'm with the Duke. You got him! Oh, you got him, Jack! I love you! Yeah, you want to say hello? Yeah, put him on. Yeah, say hello. Hello. Hello, you son of a bitch! We got you, you son of a bitch! Yeah, now say goodbye, you lying little piece of shit, because I'm letting them go. 
Jack! Would have been a nice coffee shop. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't get it. I did what I wanted to do, John. I got you to L.A. before midnight, so... Make me want to put those back on you again. Thanks. No, John, thank you. Thank you. So sweet. Very sweet ending. So um, what you don't see is that uh, Jack, or the, sorry, the Duke then gives Jack a bunch of money. 300 grand. Mm-hmm. That he's had. In the, na- in the neighborhood of, of 300 Yeah, grand. that he's been carrying around his waist. Which is a very respectable neighborhood. Yes, that's going to be a very respectable coffee shop. Uh, another good performance, um, Yafet uh, Kato. Great as this uh, Agent Mosley. Yeah, yeah it was really funny. He's just great at being like pissed off the whole time. It's pissed great. off the yeah. whole time. It's great. And that's that's the movie called Midnight Run. That is the movie. Well done, Abby. I feel like you sh- you shut you shut a lot of my ideas down, but hey, that's part of our give and take. Yeah, that's, on this program. Yeah, you give, I take. <laughs> so that is Midnight Run. But the question is. Who has the better friendship, Jack and the Duke, or Brendan and the Dukey, also known oh, wow. as Abby Barrett? You get wow. the well. Is that know. a Green Day reference? Uh, no, it's because you you're a morning pooper. Oh sure, yeah, no, no, yeah, that's right. fair. So we'll find out after this. If you were in a movie, who would play your buddy double? We're sponsored this week by Dirty Dirty Creeptown, a new true crime podcast about a real-life small-town murder that remained unsolved until now. It all starts when public radio host Amber Johns gets an email from her high school friend Josh, who suspects something fishy is going on in the small town they grew up in. That sounds really cool. I love true crime podcasts. This is a really good one. There are a bunch of missing people, and the cops have no idea what's going on, so Amber goes around investigating, and you'll never guess who the murderer is. Her high school vice principal. Abby, did you just give away the ending? Oh, yeah, I guess he did. But it's really cool how Amber finds out. She goes into the school and finds this notebook that is actually a diary of all the murders. And it was in the school library the entire time, hidden among the yearbooks. So that's how they did it. So you, we know the murder and how they did it. Is there anything else that happens? Uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much the gist of it. So you've given away the ending and how she found the killer and pretty much ruined the entire story. So you've completely spoiled it. So why would anyone listen? Oh, well, it's got this really cool theme song. It goes like this. Dun, 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 well, I have a feeling dun, dun, we just dun, lost dun, that sponsor. Dun, dun, so if you want to help us get some more sponsors, please like and subscribe, rate and review. Are friends better than buddies, or buddies better than friends? What about pals? It's food for thought. Welcome back to We're Too Old for This Podcast. My name is Abby Barrett. And I am Brendan Boogie, and we are talking about 1988's Midnight Run, which for my money is the best buddy movie ever made for my money. You disagree, but that's for my money. Well, how much money did you spend? I spent $12 in my life. Yes, on this movie. Thir- on this movie? Oh, on this movie? Lifetime-wise? 
let's see. I think I, I think I rented it on video. Okay. You talk about like so nineteen eighty like nine money. That's mm-hmm. but with nineteen eighty nine money, you know. Uh, I don't know what the, that totals up to. Then plus, you know, rented it on on uh, streaming for like three bucks or something like that. So I'd say I'd say probably probably fifteen dollars total. I've spent you know, on this movie. You know how much I spent on this movie in the last week? How much? Eight dollars. Wow. Because I rented it, didn't finish it in time, and then Amazon <laughs> gave me the finger and was basically like, like you, you gotta, gotta rent it again. You gotta rent it again, yeah. asshole. Like, I gotta go to space. I need space money. <laughs> well, you gotta get that asshole with space money. Yeah. Fucking asshole. So before we get into the segment of the show where we compare our friendship to the movie friendship, yes. maybe it would be helpful for people to know how it is we met. Yeah, um, a lot of people don't know this, but we randomly got selected as prize winners for a sweepstakes. We both right. got these letters in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very exciting time. Yeah, but they were like, I think it was probably like $10,000 each. Yeah. It's a way to like go to the place to collect the money. And that's how we met. We like bumped into each other and, and started talking and like we're waiting in line for our money. Um, right. You know, and then it was it was weird because I think you noticed that everybody else in line looked really grumpy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was very weird because you thought they would be very excited for, yeah. for being fellow sweepstakes winners. Right. And we, we sort of bonded over that. And then um, and then unfortunately, when we got to the window we realized it was the IRS. And so the letters we got were not right. money that we were supposed to get, but we were supposed to give. It was confusing. That we owed. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. We, bo- we both thought that we were winning sweepstakes, but actually we owed a lot of money to we the did. U.S. government. Yes. And neither of us has paid. No, God, no. We, we, we flipped up our middle fingers and said, mm-hmm. fuck you. <laughs> to the pigs. man. What is, what is, I know cops are pigs. What are IRS agents? What animal are they? I mean, they're just civil servants. They're just doing they're not their job. Animals. Come on. <laughs> wow. You took a strange 180 there on I, me. I did. <laughs> All right. Sure. I'm, I'm the asshole. Yeah, you are the asshole. And Once I hope, again, I'm I hope the they asshole. Come for you. They're going to. They're going to hear this and be like, yep. well, he's comparing us to an animal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Plessy. she's so nice. Plus, he never pays his taxes at all. <laughs> Stupid self employed bastard. <laughs> That's how we met, Brendan. That is how we met. That's, That's how exactly we how we met. Yeah. It's a true story. So which one of us is the Jack and which one of us is the Duke? What do you think, Abby Barrett? Well, initially I was like, well, I'm the Duke because I think I'd be more likely to be running from people mm-hmm. of the two of us. But then watching the two of them talk about feelings, I realized that I'm the Jack. You're the Jack because yeah. you are less in touch with your feelings, and I'm the Duke. I would be the one who keeps trying to pull things out of you. Exactly. Right. That is definitely a dynamic of our relationship. <laughs> so that's sort of my takeaway was, you know, yeah, I'm a little bit of each, but probably the Jack in the end. Yeah, you're in. You're the one in denial, and I'm the one telling mm-hmm. you that's in your. You're in denial. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Plus, that's I would be good. more likely to be hunting you. Right. Yeah. For sport. For sport. But not. Yeah. Right. Exactly. With your. With your bow and arrow and your spears. Yes. Abby is Abby will kill a man with a spear. I don't know if anyone knows that. Yeah. One of those like cocktail spears though. It's very small. Right. Stab yeah, exactly. you a lot. Yeah. Little bits. Death by a thousand cocktail mm-hmm. spears. 
So actually, I I went a different way with it. Uh, I I feel like I'm the Jack because I'm okay. the one trying to do a job and um and yeah. trying you know and fairly confident at it. And you're not the Duke. You're Marvin. You come along and fuck everything up. <laughs> That's not how this podcast works. You're just smart enough to get in my way. Mm, interesting. <laughs> that is, that is uh, so. I'm like that Marvin character. That's certainly Abby. So I went off. I went off the. Uh, yeah, you the did, grid a and, little bit and there. you have to go back on the grid because that's not because I've tried to do that in the past and you wouldn't let me. Well, you know, rules change all of a sudden. You know, you yeah. did a 180 on me with the IRS thing earlier, <laughs> and I'm doing a 180 on you with the rules. All right, you're very upset about my behavior towards you do we need to talk about this i think we should are you in denial of of how you treat me on a regular basis so one of the first things that we learn about the duke is that he has a fear of flying or he pretends to have a fear of flying yes in this podcast in the past you have talked about being a nervous flyer is that fair to say yes that's fair to say do you now have you ever kind of got up and run around the plane and and sort of freaked out when you're about to take off like the duke did? Not during take during takeoff I'm just like in my quiet hole of sadness by the window like with my headphones on like please don't look at me. Um mm-hmm. I definitely have hit turbulence once and I was sitting next to my friend and I did say very loudly we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and did then, I, so do people like turn to you and I think that there was a few stairs. And then there was another time when I was flying. I think I was like flying back from France or something. And I was so clearly nervous that the woman next to me, she's an older woman. And she just like put her hand on my hand. It was very sweet Hmm. and was just like holding my hand. And she was like, you know, my father was a pilot, so I don't get nervous. But I could see how one would get nervous. That was very sweet. It's a nice stranger being nice to people. That is nice, a nice story. And then, but turns out, like, oh, my father was a pilot. He did crash into a mountainside once. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a suicide. He was very (laughs) disturbed. He's been dead for years. (laughs) And he's haunting this airplane. (laughs) He's flying the plane right now. What about you? I don't don't have a fear of flying. I'm a very comfortable flyer. But I do, I used to have this irrational fear of vomiting, specifically vomiting in front of people. I don't know what it was, but I would all, and I've talked to a few other people that are like, oh my God, I have that too. So I know I'm not the only one with it. So one time I was, I was on a plane coming back from a wedding in the Dominican Republic where there was a lot of questionable food and many alcoholic beverages uh that was back in my drinking days Mm -hmm. so were consumed and i vomited in the airport i vomited out of the Mm. the van to the airport and then i got on the plane and i kept getting up in the bathroom and vomiting so i had to vomit all the time but we you know when the plane lands and everyone's standing and waiting and there's nowhere to go yes i hate that i had i had to vomit into a bag like shoulder to shoulder with people um, right there in the aisle. Yeah. And it was pretty much my worst nightmare. But ever since that happened, I haven't been afraid to vomit in front of anyone anymore. Because like my first, my actual worst fear came true and nothing actually bad happened from it. So it was it was actually, a, a yeah. looking back, a good experience. A little breakthrough. It was a little breakthrough, but like I definitely had that fear of vomiting that it was like, it was consuming me for a while. Like I, I would, I would... 
only you know get on aisles of movie theaters and i would yeah uh, if, when i was this is when i was in high school and college i would uh make sure i had a seat towards the door in case i had to leave it was yeah. it was like something i would think about all the time huh where do Weird. you think that stems from I don't know, but I know that I've heard, I think it's a control thing. Mm, okay. Like, because to me, like, the sort of vomiting in front of someone, first of all, the lack of control of vomiting. Yeah. But also the shame associated with you can't control your body. I think it right, has something right. to do with that. Oh, that's but I don't 100% know. But, I don't, but it's gone now, luckily. Uh, but I have talked to a few other people that have the exact same thing. So it's just this weird phobia that um, once, once, I, once I was faced with, it's gone. <laughs> I vomited once. It was like a small plane in Montana, and this is the turbulence. I'm just not great with that, and my stomach was... And I was, like, luckily in my own, like, little aisle, but it was just, like, lots of vomit. And the hard part is, what do you do with that bag when you land? Like, you can't just leave it there, so you, like, carry out your little shame bag. Well, it's a gift for whoever you're visiting. You know? Oh, that's <laughs> true. I never of... put a bow on it. And... <laughs> this is my trip. This is, a, this is a souvenir of my trip. Here's my innards. Here's my innards. Enjoy. Bon appetit. So Jack has to get the Duke back to Los Angeles by Friday at midnight, which is why it's called Midnight Run. This is a high-pressure situation, and obviously yes. that adds to the drama and the comedy of the movie. How do you do, in general, how do you do under kind of time-pressure situations? I think I do okay. Like, I, I think since my day job is very deadline-oriented, I sort of need... A good deadline, like... You're a hitman, right? Yes. That's your day job? Yeah, yeah. that's a contract killer we prefer. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's... I know, Paul. It's just fucking, a little casual. Fucking BC hitman. police. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to cancel me now? I would be a hit woman, too. Just <laughs> FYI. Well, I don't see gender, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> or sex. Actually, that's sex, technically. Yeah, I bet you don't right? see sex. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I five. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. God yeah, so I think better. I'm fine. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't, like, love feeling like, oh, my God, holy shit. But, you know, you either get through it or you don't. Yeah, I think p- people think that they perform well under pressure, but all the science says they don't. All the science says that, like, you're, you're you know, people, like, in college or whatever, you're like, oh, I'm way better when I write a paper sort of than the last minute. And it's like... Well, have you tried not doing it? Yeah. <laughs> and like, it probably is a better paper. I think for people who have like anxiety around, like, yeah, of course it'd be easier just to do it. But I, I do think if you have too much time to do something, you just yeah. end up spinning your wheels. So I do like the condensed, like, you know, I don't want to ever have to like, oh, here, write a story, you know, by end of day. Certainly yeah. that would suck. But, you know, you need a little bit of a push. Yeah, you need some pressure, but like, so I I developed a, in college, I developed a three-day essay writing system. Oh. So the first day you Buckle do Buckle up, all, everyone. First day you do all the research and you do notes and you outline it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Second day you do the actual writing and then the day right before you're just editing. So it's like the, it, it's, it's reverse amount of work as you go for the three days. Isn't that uh, smart for a young college age, Brendan? Did Boogie? you have your own computer in college? Um, no. Okay. No, I didn't. I maybe by my senior year I did. I don't think I did. No. Yeah. No, we had to go to the computer lab. Yep. 
That's what I had to do. Well, mm-hmm. senior year, I bar- borrowed my um, roommate's laptop. But Yeah, there may have been, like, by, by senior year, I may have had a laptop or a roommate's laptop or something. I like should that. note that I turned in most everything late in college also. Did you? Mm-hmm. So, just Abby goes by her own rules. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I noticed about this movie, and it was from 1988, is how much goddamn smoking was in it. I know. It made me want to smoke. <laughs> Did, have you ever smoked? I smoked in like a little bit in high school and then college I smoked, but I never weirdly, like I I never like, like I could actually stop at any time. And so then I just did. That's what you're one of the minority because, because nicotine is like the most, it's by far the most addictive substance on the planet. It's like seven times more addictive than heroin or something like that. But I've actually never smoked a cigarette in my entire life. Interesting. Which is weird because arguably... The best song I ever wrote was called Cigarette. Well, we've had words about this before. Ha, well, have, you don't like that song. I, I certainly don't think it's your best song. I feel like it might be one of my best songs. See, we disagree on everything. You don't I think, do. Midnight, I just, you don't think even, Midnight Run is the best why are we even buddy here? comedy? Why are we even here? <laughs> I think the disagreement is the point. It's the give and this take. This is going to be our last episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, you know what? Why don't I? I can put the song at the end of the podcast, and yes. people can judge judge for themselves whether yes. it's my best song. But remember when you know you and I are again are of an age where smoking. You know, we're at this weird age where there was a smoking section in airplanes, like we yep. remember that, and in restaurants. And anytime you go to a bar, you would come home smelling like smoke, and now it is just unfathomable that someone yeah. would light up a cigarette indoors. I remember being like in Chicago once and they hadn't banned smoking, but New York had. Mm. And it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I get why we banned. It It was just like filled with smoke. And (laughs) to the point where I was like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Because I was just breathing in (laughs) as much smoke. As sticking. Yeah. And I can't imagine people performing like singers having to sing in those. Right. You have to sing in these smoky, smoky places. And like some places they still like New Hampshire, you still smoke inside, I believe. And, you know, I'm sure Florida because you can do basically anything there. Yeah. But it's it's just so funny to me, you know, the, the idea of a plane having a smoking section yeah, it's like oh don't, don't worry the, the smoke will stay over here don't worry yeah and like i don't know i feel like everything's flammable in a plane right i know the one place you don't want igniting things i will say though is that what they're called igniting things igniting things <laughs> i will say that smoking still looks way cooler than vaping yeah it does it does and in a film you know as a filmmaker yeah the the smoke holds the light it's really cool Mm. smoke smoking always looks makes the the image look cooler but not worth it kids yeah just not worth it regular cigarettes don't don't vape it's not worth it exactly and if you end up smoking they'll not smoking your whole life i had nowhere to go on that oh my god (laughs) you should be like the psa Right, I just started a sentence and I was gonna go. I have no idea where. And I was then at the end, it. it's like, "Don't do drugs, kids." <laughs> don't don't do drugs, kids. Just someone just, going. Ah, I don't know what I was supposed. I to don't say. know what I'm gonna say next. One of the central ideas the Duke gives, he steals from the mob and gives it yes. to charity, which makes him, you know, he's a criminal. But he is also a sort of generous figure, and it's sort of one of these ideas of like. You know, doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Yeah. Have you ever had any kind of situation in your life like that? 
Yeah, I think like, I think it was like a couple years ago and I was like camping with a bunch of friends mm-hmm. and we used to like wait for um, these carriages. It's, it's random. This place just had like royal carriages coming through. And royal we, carriages? Yeah. I think it was in England somewhere. And like we You were would, camping in England. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I forgot to mention the part. We no, would- okay. um. We would like hide in the trees. We all had like bow and arrows for some reason too. And we would like shoot arrows. We wouldn't kill anybody, but we would like surround these carriages and and take their, um, like so weird. They would like have these bags of coins. And then we would take them. And then like an hour later, we would like be in the city. We'd like pass it out to, to poor people. So you, let me get this right. You were in England. Yeah. With bow and arrows, you stole from the rich and you gave to the poor. Yeah, I think there was like a sheriff that was mad at us or something. Oh my God, you're such a fucking idiot. What? Well, now, were you one of these young ladies who, when you were a girl, that was attracted to the fox in <laughs> Robin Hood? He was so attractive. It's so weird. It's weird that everybody, like all these women that I know <laughs> of a certain age are like, yeah, the fox in Robin Hood was really sexy. Yeah, it was like your, it was like your first like innocent crush and just yeah, happened to be right. a cartoon. Exactly. Well, we didn't have like, you know, real movies back then. They were all cartoons. <laughs> they were all, all cartoons. Mm-hmm. They didn't have movies with actors in it back then. No, just cartoons. What's so weird is that I actually found this quiz online. About the sexy fox in Robin Hood? No, about like, well, about a whole bunch of different stuff. It's weird. It, it lines up a lot with uh, Midnight Run. I don't know. If oh, wanna... well, that is a strange coincidence. That is super weird. Do you want to take this quiz? Oh, I would love to take the quiz, Abby. Oh. I would love to take the quiz. Okay, great. Well, question number one. If I stole money from a mobster to give to charity, this is multiple choice, what type okay. of charity would it be? A, feather beds for fancy cats. Mm-hmm. B, Kids or some shit. <laughs> C, world peas, a legalized public urination campaign. <laughs> or D, sunscreen for pasty people. Well, I would hope that you would do sunscreen for pasty people because <laughs> for me, but I sure. don't think you would. I think you would do feather beds for cats because I think you care about cats a lot more than you care about me. I think that you would technically be right, but really I would probably do kids or some shit. Okay, kids or yeah. some shit. Kids right. or some shit. This one is a completely different question for you. Well, that's good. That would be weird if you just asked me the same question again. <laughs> it would be weird. Okay, so you're at the doorstep of the home of your ex-wife with whom you are still in love. Mm-hmm. What would be the least inappropriate way that you would woo her back? Multiple choice again. Le- I'm looking for least inappropriate. Yes, but you do want to woo her back. A, yell, that's a spicy meatball, <laughs> while pointing to your pants, which are down. <laughs> right. B, present her with a small jewelry box, and when she opens the box, it's a gift certificate for Botox. (laughs) C, show up with a small child and try to convince her that that child is hers. (laughs) Or D, show up with some half-eaten Chipotle, ask to use the bathroom, and then never leave. (laughs) Um, Least inappropriate. You know, I got to go with... with bringing a child and trying to convince her because that's one of my favorite things to do it's, it's a pretty good bit one of my best bits is when women say oh, i don't have any kids that i know that of like I that's one of, that's one of my favorite bits so i just gotta go with that all right if you were a bounty hunter mm-hmm. what would your name be a brendan the boogie hunter b 
Brendan, eh, I'll catch you next time, Boogie. Mm-hmm. C, the shamrock nabber. <laughs> D, Boogie likes the busts. Or E, other. <laughs> that you can choose. It's your name. Uh, I think that the one that would strike fear into everyone's heart would be the shamrock nabber. Sure. Because I feel like Irish people are known for being a little bit feisty and rough and tumble. Yes, so that's be like, true. Oh, the sh- shamrock nabbers after me. Now, little do they know, I am not tough at all. I am right. not. I do not get in fights. And if I do, I, I crouch down and cover all my vital organs. Yes. But I think I would go with the shamrock nabber because I feel like that's a little bit, little bit intimidating. Okay. Fair enough. If I were a bounty hunter, what would my name be? A, Grabby Barrett. B, Tall Drink of Fury. C, Abby, this seems like a lot of work, Barrett. <laughs> D, Barrett, the Bountiful Huntress of Thieves. Or E, Other. <laughs> I, you can't beat perfection, and there's, there's nothing better than Grabby Barrett. Okay. Like a, a, a bounty hunter named Grabby Barrett. Like, that's perfect. It's like a swordsman named Stabby Barrett. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Fair enough. It's like it's like a fisherman named Krabby Barrett. I mean, I've... it's just got any more. It's like it's like a, it's like it's like it's like a, a grungy rock musician named Shabby Barrett. It's like a taxi driver named Cabby Barrett. Cabby Barrett. Like you have so many so many professions. It's true. That you could slide right into based just on your name. All right. Final question. This one is open ended. Okay. If we had to be handcuffed t- together with no key, who would be the first to saw or chew their own arm off? I think you would. I think um, I feel like I'm more annoying in in close quarters <laughs> than you are. <laughs> I think it's what you are one of those people that you your annoyance is like a fine wine. It takes a long time for. I think people in general like you at first, and then and then, but it, your annoyance just seeps in. Yeah, it's, it's just a slow ages burn. over. It's a very mm-hmm. slow burn. Yeah, to the point where you have to know you for a really long time to be really fucking annoyed mm-hmm. by you. And then you're already. It's too late. You can't it's too late. Away. You're yeah. already there. But I feel like I'm more annoying in close quarters and sooner. So I think you would be the one. Okay, I agree with that. Great. Yeah, I'm chewing my own arm off right now. I know. Just trying to get out of this podcast. <laughs> Oh That's my god! How I Abby. sound like when I eat. Well, how do you think my teeth came out? You chewed them right out. I did. That seems weird. It <laughs> does weird. I, I got to like, that. Okay. I don't like to think about it. Um, and that's the end of the quiz. Well, that we learned a lot about we ourselves. Did. We learned a lot about the relationship between Jack and the Duke. But we got to find out, yo. We got to find out who has the better <laughs> friendship, Boogie or me, or the Duke or Jack. We're gonna find out. And that's whack. <laughs> we'll find out next. Oh my God. It's Bud Plugs, where Abby and I plug our shit. I have got a brand new Substack newsletter called Boogie Writes. It's a bunch of comedy essays and all kinds of weird stuff that will be delivered directly to your email box is that a thing an email box there's a free tier and a paid tier so please subscribe just go to brendanboogie.substack.com it's brand new i hope you like it and i think it's great but i think i'm great and uh abby's got nothing this week so abby's uh abby's a real jerk abby's abby's kind of a loser she's got nothing going on but i got lots going on and this has been bud plugs 
Buddies with benefits kind of never really works out well. And we are back. This is the segment of the program where we render our verdict. Who has... Sorry, my teeth. Like, without my teeth, I am just like... My mouth is making all these you weird You turned British. Shits. You said program. I know. I don't know what's happening. Like, like these missing teeth have way more of an effect on my speaking than I thought they would. You could shove them back in. You still have them. That's it. I'm putting them back in okay. right now. <laughs> they look so good. Yeah, that was, that was very... <laughs> so, enough of this nonsense. Let's come up with a verdict. Okay. Who do you think has the better friendship? Jack and the Duke from Midnight Run or Abby and Brendan? What do you think, Abby? Do you want to go first? Yes, and I'm going to say some things that are going to upset you. <laughs> so I'm just telling you now. Thank you for managing my expectations. Because you have been a little bit um, upset with me this entire podcast. <laughs> I've been, a, been a little t- temper right. expectations here. Okay, all right. I'm 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 ready. For, okay. I'm ready to be upset with with you. I'm going to say straight out that we have the better friendship. Okay. And I will tell you why. All right. Because while they are buddies during their time of captivity and captive captor, um, right. They don't stay buddies. They leave, mm-hmm. and you know they're never going to see each other again. And the power dynamic made it hard to be buddies. They're both good people, mm-hmm. um, and they both sort of... I'm not quite sure what Charles Grodin learned from Robert De Niro, other than like there's still good people out there. But mm-hmm. certainly Robert De Niro learned a lot about shit from the Duke, but yeah, I don't think that, and that's why it, this isn't the best buddy movie ever made. That is the controversial thing that you're now, stop crying. I see you. Stop crying. But, but I mean, it's, it's so <laughs> funny. It's so good. It's it so is really so good. good. It is very good. And it's, it's a great buddy movie. It is not the best. Well, I think the question that you bring up is, does being best buddies mean the relationship lasts? Or can someone have a really good relationship for a limited amount of time or a really meaningful relationship well, for a if, limited amount of time? Well, if the quantifier is best buddies, which I think it is, you can't be best buddies with somebody that you never speak to again. You have to well, formulate that, other relationships. I don't think that's a given. I think, like, for instance, if you look at, like, romantic love, for instance, let's say you have, like, a romance that's the best romance of your life that lasts a short time. Because that does the fact that it ends make it less of a romance? Is what I'm asking. No, but I also don't think romantic love can always be compared to friendship love. Like friendship is sort of in a weird way not as fleeting. I think it's something. Yes, you can be like that was a great time in my life. That person has meant so much to me. But if you don't, if you both are like, but yeah, we don't really need to talk to each other again. That doesn't seem like a solid friendship. That just seems like oh, you had a moment with somebody that you enjoyed their company. And then you've both agreed to walk away from it. Well, here's where I'm going to disagree with you. And I think that that Jack and the Duke may have a better friendship based on what you're talking about. I think they may have a better friendship than we do because it is not their choice to leave each other. It is circumstances that push them apart. The Duke has to go on the run for his life. Jack can't go with him because Jack has to live his own life. But I feel like if the Duke were cleared and was safe, 
then they would remain friends. And they even say, hey, we probably could have been friends in that moment. So I think the but I think it is circumstances that push the friendship apart, not a choice to leave each other. I feel like if they if 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 the Duke's life were not on the line, he and he if they lived in the same place, I feel like they would continue to be friends. Yeah, but I guess I just I think I, I envisioned them going on to live their lives and make new friends. This was just a moment of friendship in time, but it, it's not its not the foundation of a best buddyhood. I feel like it is. I feel like th- what happens is they come together and this, this experience together bonds them in a way that if circumstances allowed, they would be best buddies for life. They wouldn't necessarily stay, you know that they wouldn't be handcuffed to each other for the rest of their lives, but they would stay buddies for life. And I bet if Charles Grodin were still alive, there would be Midnight Run oh. 2, oh, and I nope. would be proven nope. right. We're not allowed to do that, remember? We're not allowed to talk about the other movies. Well, you um, upset me, and I'm going to upset yeah, you. Yeah, you're lashing out a little bit. I am lashing out a little bit, but what we have... Which is why we're better friends, because I'm allowing you to lash out. and You, you know. are. You're allowing me to have my mm-hmm. moment. I can't... Look, my teeth... Yes. Were they used to be a big part of me. Now they're sitting on this table in this little, little <laughs> you should container. put googly eyes on them. I should put googly eyes on them. Googly eyes on teeth. Maybe silly, we could Abby. post your googly eyed teeth to the um, social medias that we have. I can post the teeth. I can't promise googly eyes. There are no googs, googly eyes that small. Yeah, there are. That would fit on my tooth. You don't know anything about googly eyes. Well, see how this all turns out. We're going to have to check our social media at We're Too Old Pod to see how we landed on the googly eye tooth situation. <laughs> googly eye drama. But in the meantime, we have a split decision. We do. But really, only one question remains. What if we were Jack and the Duke? Baron and Boogie reenact a scene from a motion picture, but change the words a little bit. Why would you eat that? Why? Because it tastes good. But it's not good for you. That's living in denial. Plus, you ordered like 12 portions of meat and ate it all in about five seconds. What, are you writing a book about portions and how long it takes to eat those portions? Shh, shh, here comes the waiter. Don't embarrass me. You're ordering more meat? Damn right I am. Yes? Would you like to hear our meat specials? I would love to hear your meat specials. Oh, come on. There has to be some sort of ethical rule about overserving meat to this man. We have baby lamb. Extra cute. Roasted rump of unicorn. Ooh, I've always wanted to try unicorn. What? And of course, the most dangerous game of all. Wait, are you talking about eating humans? What kind of restaurant is this? This is not a restaurant, Abby. You're having that recurring dream where Brendan is trying to cook you up and eat you. Oh, thank God. I thought I was really in trouble. You are in trouble. I'm going to cover you in barbecue sauce and eat you. Dream or not, I will eat anything with barbecue sauce on it. Why aren't you worried? I know this is a dream. Nixon will be here to save me in a minute. Nixon? Hello, Abby. I am not a crook. Yay, Nixon is here. Let's get naked. Oh, yes. Let's get naked. Put it where the sun don't shine. Would you like some of Please tip your server. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're exciting. Yes. Oh, enjoy. Water coolers and coffee machines 
Photocopies of human beings 7.30 we're passing the house Seven minutes in cubicle walls